Hi, welcome to Keeper Chat. My name is Flora. That was just, that was their no preamble. My name's Fada. <laughs> you just went right into it. That never happens. I'm sorry. Go ahead. <laughs> this is a weekly <laughs> podcast where we chat about animals. We are both real-life zookeepers, and each week we'll be discussing a new animal and learning more about them. As always, nothing we say reflects our organizations, and all thoughts and opinions are our own. So with that, let's get grimy. You're just ready to go. Did I, did I introduce myself? You did, you did, you did. Okay, okay, great. Well, we, we did no like idea. a three-minute long goof before we started. That's so true. So I got my it's goof all out. Well, that's great. You're just all business now. And so now I'm just like, in it to win it. Put your business pants on. How are you feeling? Are you feeling better? You sound, I will say, I will tell listeners, well, no, I won't because I can't speak. <laughs> um, you just cough for like 10 minutes straight. Just now, I had to listen to it. <laughs> yeah, and I also waited until I started recording to do so. Um... I am feeling better. Thank you so much for everyone's well wishes. Thank you so much for, I don't know, I guess like exposing me all over the internet. That was really cool as well. Um, such a good friend. I apologize. I do still sound kind of terrible, but world's better than I was. And I'm just going to crack open a little uh, little health tonic here and just uh, see what that does for me. Um, Slam jam that thing down. Right, that's uh, that's what you do, right? You're ill, and then you just get right back into drinking. Yeah. Well, well I mean, honestly, though, like I think there's like orange in here, or I don't know. There's at least orange on the can, so like it's gotta be. Honestly, that, vi- that vitamin you, C. If you stop drinking, you'll get more ill. So just keep going. And <laughs> so true. That's probably the cause of my illness. Ugh. Uh Anywho, I'm good. How are how are you doing? I know you were a little bit sneezy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just happy. It's like the moment I started talking Exposed. to you, I was like, ah, I feel gross. Mm, but I did mm-hmm. choke on a protein bar uh, <laughs> today. Nothing related to illness, just like my own personal shortcomings. Um, and then I did also throw the, throw up at the gym today. Totally relatable, right? That's relatable. Everyone's done that more than once. You threw up um, at the gym? I sure did. Mm-hmm. No. Are you I, okay? I went worky, outy, hearty. And then my body was like, you're too fat and old for this. And I was like, excuse me. And I went and barfed. And then I came back and rallied. And I feel like that is what it's really all about. That is what it's about. Anytime I barf, I'm out for the count. <laughs> like, I'm just like, no, I, dare. I tried. <laughs> I tried and now I'm done. Yeah. I remember when you first started doing bar, you and I were working at that zoo together. And yes. you're like, yeah, I went to bar. It was great. I just like vomited so much. I was like, what? Are you good? Are you okay? And you're like, yeah, it was awesome. Like, I love going to that club. I was like, no, you said you vomited like so much. Are you okay? Yeah. You just, just totally unfazed by it. You're like, you want to eat because you're like, well, I can't work out on an empty stomach. And so then you're like, well, I guess I'll eat these six taquitos in my fridge. And then you go and you're like, that was the worst thing I could have done. And then the taquitos are like, bye. <laughs> Girl, we not on board. We out of here. <laughs> so that happened. Um, I do also want to just thank everyone except for the one person that gave us a bad <laughs> review on iTunes. Um, you know my feelings about this. How do they get hurt? Except for not really. But this person did call me out and said that uh, the podcast is better without me. So I'm just going to remain silent. Ain't that the goddamn truth? I know that this was my turn to do research, so I'm just going to stay silent. (laughs) You can just fill in the silence as you please. Oh, you know what we're going to do? You're going to still do it. We're just going to not attach your audio. It's just going to be me (laughs) reacting. Reacting. Oh, interesting. (laughs) Um, 
But yeah, our uh, our new thing, if you missed it, our new thing uh, for every review we get on iTunes, we're going to be donating $5 to conservation um, yeah. at the end of every month. We're going to tally them up. So, so far we have one, and it's a bad, it's a two-star review, <laughs> and someone calling me potty mean names. And so I feel like somebody out there, if you haven't rated us yet, please even that out, because I'm getting $5 for being yelled at. But that's what it's all about. Um, and then, yeah, the rest of my week is fine. And now we're here. <laughs> Sick. Yay. Um, so, and then, good. And then um, if you listened last week, you know that we're off the rails. The rails have been removed. Well, I guess they're still there. But we just The rails thought, are there. We are nowhere near them. We jumped the track. Yeah. We're on It was foot. all my doing. I was like, screw Flora. Screw our loving patrons. I'm taking this into my own hands. GOT style. We're getting down and dirty. It's the finale. We're gonna, we're gonna get, we're gonna get into it. What a very Game of Thrones thing for you to do. Right? That's what I'm thinking. Like, hashtag fauna for the Iron Throne. Anyone? I feel like I make a good leader. I agree. Thank you. Oh my god, you could be my fool. (laughs) (laughs) I think I already am. Okay, (laughs) thank you for the title. (laughs) The royal title. Anyways, uh, uh, what are we talking about this week? Oh, I also wanted to just spoil the Avengers, because you know I haven't seen any of those movies, so can I just make up the ending, like, right now, what I think is going to happen? Yeah, go for okay. it. Let's take a stab so, in the dark. So, I know that there's, like, that big purple man, and he has, like, really big hands. <laughs> yeah. Was he the the Grimace? There yeah. we go. <laughs> okay, yeah. So, Grimace has, like, a bunch of rings that he wears, I think, and they're all different colors. So, what I think is going to happen is that he is going to summon Captain Planet, with all of mm-hmm. his different rings. And then Captain oh, yeah. Planet is going to come in and... They're going to touch the rings. Guys, the bad guy? I guess he was. It's all a matter of perspective. Okay, so Captain Planet's going to come in and he's just going to go fix it. And that's what that's the end. Oh, I love that. I also love... Can I just add in uh, post-haste here a little bit yeah, of you extra know, detail? Yeah, because you think know way rings, more about it than me. Yeah. Yeah, so anyone that's actually been watching them, here are my real <laughs> predictions. Uh, Grimace and Captain Planet's ring pops are going to be, like, so delicious because that's what they are. They're ring pops. They're they not actually are, real rings. They are ring pops. Uh, on a side note. What a marketing strategy. Jeez. Seriously, like, welcome back to the fucking conversation, ring pop. Where have you been? <laughs> uh, on a side note, speaking of candy, I tried these Starbursts the other day. They're, like, like uh, mixed flavors. Like there's like a blue raspberry slash lemonade and they're like split down the middle in color as well. And there's like a strawberry Ew, what the watermelon fuck? or something. I know. They sound <laughs> vile. However, <laughs> I've been eating them nonstop. They're so good. I'm like addicted <laughs> to these things. You said so, like Starburst? 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 Get your girl up. Yes. But those are flavors they don't even have. So they brought in I, new that, flavors and yes together? <laughs> yes. They're like, oh, we have so much extra time and we are so confident in this. We're just going to throw these together. Screw Stop. what we've been doing for 8,000 years. Yeah. We're going to go ahead and do this new thing. No, they're so good. I thought the unwrapped minis were like Oh my God, those I, things. I can eat a whole bag in 10 seconds. You just put the whole, uh, uh, they're unwrapped. There's no barrier between them and my gullet. <laughs> you just pour, and that's pour the way it. it should be. God, God, didn't you and I get those in a movie or something? And we're just like, I think we like stopped. We like walked out of the theater. We're like, this movie is already old news. These starbursts are what's what's this in. This is what's in. Yeah. Now every time I go to the movies, that's all I buy. Okay. Um, welcome to the podcast where we don't talk about anything. 
we gotta get our 10 minutes of nonsense out of the way that's how we gotta get the true fan right because everybody else they've already tuned out we don't we don't want them anyways because they just say mean things about me on itunes reviews okay so now we are going to be talking about the lion because even though fauna fucking beat us in the face last week with a baseball bat (laughs) i was still able to get an animal out of somebody voted for it I don't know. Everyone said more big cats, and then Lion was on the last poll, so at least it was, like, in the goddamn radar. Um, so here People it is. People have been dying for that Komodo dragon. Don't even play. They were. Oh, my God. You know, I read something the other day. They have to, like, bury dead people, like, super deep on that one island because, like, the Komodos dig them up and eat them. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me in the slightest. <laughs> okay. Oh, my God. Lions. Um, this is going to be really short because if you don't fucking know anything about, I mean, like, what am I going to tell you? I, I would say short cause I have nine pages of notes because I feel like we know everything we, there is to know about lions. But yeah. Like, but everybody knows everything there is. Like, what is, what can I teach you? You don't, you don't know what a fucking lion is? Are you stupid? Where have you been? What have you been doing? Well, it's all the people that have been, um, on vacation. Here's the episode for you. You get to learn about lions. That's where they've been. Okay. Well. Welcome back. I hope you're not burnt, sunburnt. Um, okay, so we're going to be talking about the lion because it's Game of Thrones related because the Lannister's symbol is the lion, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Okay, so this is an animal. Chordate mammal carnivore Felidae. This is the kitty cats. Panthera. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Panthera. I almost said Pantera. Panthera. Oh. <laughs> Panthera Leo. So the lion is literally like the most recognized animal symbol in human culture. Yeah, people are all about the lion. I mean, like, they're all about it. Um, it is a big cat. It has a big head. and then God, is, it has a big head. <clears throat> the head is so big. And then this is just an awesome example of sexual dimorphism. So they are sexually dimorphic, which means that the different genders exhibit different characteristics other than their genitalia. Obviously, their genitalia is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is the only member of the cat family that actually has sexual dimorphism. Sick. Yeah. Super oh, sick. Oh, I guess I didn't even, like, realize that, but you're I totally didn't, right. I know. I didn't either until I read it. I mean, like, I think other ones is like, well, a male leopard might be bigger, but this is like, this one has a goddamn mane, and this one does not. Yeah, it's very, very obvious. Yeah. So, coloration-wise of the, of the lion, um, they're usually, like, light buff colored. They can be mm. silvery gray, yellowish mm. red, or even mm. dark brown. Yeah. So, all basically the same words. <laughs> they're, they're, like, All brown. basically the same colors. They're brown. <laughs> and the, um, they're, like, uh, all the same color, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is they don't have, like, patterning, except for the cubs do have spots. Yeah, which is so stupid cute. It's Why? so stupid cute. Why are, like, kittens the cutest thing? They're so cute. And then some females will have, like, spots on the inside of their legs and stuff sometimes. But Oh, go um, girl. But it's mostly cups. Okay, so males, visually, are more robust. So mm-hmm. they have a really big head, super broad head. They have this really obviously prominent mane that grows kind of from, like, just their face back. And it grows downwards, and it covers basically, like, their whole head, minus their face, their neck, and their chest. And then this can vary in coloration a little bit more than, like, body. Um, It's typically brownish and can have tinges of kind of yellow, rust, or black hairs. Um, And then as the male gets older, the mane does darken. So, um, yeah, usually, like, the more dominant older males will have darker manes. 
Um, and since dominance is kind of linked to, like, breeding stuff, yeah. then, like, a darker mane is, like, a sexier mane, too. Yeah, it pays to be dominant. Yeah. Um, this is something crazy that I did not know, even though I've taken care of lions. I guess I just never looked at this part of them. Um, their tails obviously have a tuft, right? That, like, very famous yeah. little just, like, at the back of their tail. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is dark brown, and it conceals a spine. <gasps> what? Did you know this? <laughs> no? Okay, me either. Um, yeah. It says in some, so I don't know if it's 100% every single lion, but I did find a picture of one from, like, Woodland Park Zoo of theirs. So it's, like, a 5 millimeter or a point two inch long spine or spur which is formed by the fine like those final little bone sections of the tailbone like fusing together (gasps) so it's just like a little like knuckle nubbin of like a bone it's so fucking tiny and it's just like this little like horn little (laughs) like like, a little like thimble (laughs) yeah it's like a little bee stinger just like holy Um, shit but they don't have it when they're first born it like develops by about like five months of age and yeah, the functions of it are completely unknown. <laughs> that is so sinister. Yeah. They just have Holy a, crap. I didn't know that either. A hidden little spur. Oh, secret spur. It's really tiny and gross looking. But yeah, I think it was Woodland Park. Um, we can post a picture. They have a picture of theirs when they did their like annual exam of their lion. And they like parted the hair and like found this little secret. That's so sick. I like love lions. Lion I'm so Easter excited we're talking about lions. <laughs> Yeah, right? <laughs> a little secret. Ooh. Uh, so, size-wise, day big. Yeah, they are. Day big. They are one of the biggest of the big cats. They are uh, only rivaled by the tiger. So, they're second only to the tiger in Sick. length, weight, and height. Um, size and weight can vary across habitats, because I'll talk mm-hmm. a little bit later about there's different distributions of lions. But on average, we can say that females can be about 72 inches long or 184 centimeters. Um, males can be about 82 inches long or 208 centimeters. And then weight-wise, um, females can be upwards of 308 pounds or 139 kilograms. Woof. And males can be 193 kilograms, which is upwards of 426 pounds. God damn. <clears throat> Beefy. So big, in other words. Just like big. Just like big with a capital B. Yeah. Big capital B. Not like a capital I or G, just like a capital B. Oh, right. Let's not get like, too extreme. Like big. But a tiger would be like big. Like B, I, and then lowercase g. Right. Or if and it's then, a Sumatran, it's all lowercase. Uh, <laughs> big. Tiny tiger. Big tiger. Okay. I... Um, I was just going to say, say it. Flora and I used to work <laughs> with lions. Um, I know you worked with some at a rescue center, right? I did. I did. And then you and I worked, well, I think you were more in another yeah. part of the zoo, but you did cross train and I was more in this other t- part that you cross trained in, yes. uh, with lions at a, at a facility we worked at together yes. and they were dope. They were really cool. They are amazing and I love them dearly. They're so I... freaking majestic. I love them more than tigers. Do you? I do. Interesting. I am on the I'm in the reverse camp. Well. Uh well, I guess the podcast's <laughs> over, isn't well, it? <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna hang up right now, bye. 
No, they're so cool. Um, I especially love, like, the males when they're in that, like, in-between awkward phase and they have that stupid, like, mullet and mohawk. Oh, my God. It's the best thing and so the worst thing. I scream out loud all the time. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that mane. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about it. So it grows in at about a year of age, so cubs aren't, like, farted out with, like, a full fucking mane of hair. That'd um, be insane. <laughs> it would be. And like I said, it does darken by age. And the color and the size of it does uh, get influenced as well by environmental factors, um, such as the average ambient temperature. Oh, interesting. So depending on where they live, their mane can kind of differ. differ. Um, But you can kind of base it on, like we said, like dominant. So you can also base it on health. So like the darkest, fullest mane is probably the healthiest male. Mm, Okay. Um, It was, I guess they did a study in Serengeti National Park that the females did prefer dense, dark manes. Um, And the mane is awesome looking but it also does serve a purpose it is protection of their neck and throat when they're fighting so Mm -hmm. um really really helps out when and lion's main purpose of like main what am i trying to say jesus christ i feel like i'm like not getting my words out at all today um one of their main ways that they're hunting is like choking out and suffocating and it's hard to do that when there's (laughs) an entire (laughs) bush on your neck yeah right right (laughs) Um, so there are some, like, weird things going on with lions and their manes. Almost all of the lions in the Pinjari National Park are maneless or have really short manes. Oh. Which is weird. This has also been reported in Senegal, the Sabo East National Park in Kenya, and more, I guess is what I wrote down. Great. You think it's, like, a nutrient-based thing, or... Um, well, they do, they know that testosterone is linked to mane growth, so there might be some kind of weird genetic thing where they have mm-hmm. less testosterone, I guess. Um, so you can actually have females who have mane. So I worked with a female who had a half mane. Um, yes. she had a high increase of testosterone. And then you... There was just an article they released about that, too. Like, really? just the other day, talking about, um, these six females that they saw had, like, almost full manes. And they yeah. were, like, looking at why they had that. Her name was Baby, and she was fucking insane looking because she also had, like, a whited-out eye. So she's, like, blind in one (laughs) eye, and she just, like, looked insane. And then she had this half mane, and she was just, like, really mean. (laughs) Oh, that's cool. What a, like, mood, right? Yeah, she was nutso. (laughs) Um, All right. And then if you castrate the males, then they will lose their mane. So I've also worked with castrated males. Mm -hmm. And because their head is so big, and they're, like, they don't really – like, you're not supposed to see that, like, secret neck. They look like bears. Oh, yeah, I can see that. It's really creepy and weird. You'd think they would just look like females, but they kind of don't. No. They look like monstrosities. <laughs> yes, because their head is so goddamn big. Yeah. yeah, so I did work for a small, I mean, I interned at a um, a big cat rescue. So we had over, like, 200 big cats of mm-hmm. <clears throat> all various shapes and sizes, and they all came from various places, like ex-circuses or people who bought them off Craigslist and decided that was a bad idea, or they were taken by the government or whatever so they all had some of them had seen some things um and had pretty rough lives but um yeah so we did have some males that were castrated we had some um big cats who had been declawed which is obviously awful um yeah what do you want to actually talk about why that's bad because i feel like some people might not know that and that how like prevalent it is in cats in general 
Yeah, I feel like I'm dying in this spare bedroom right now. I don't know what's oh, happening, but yeah, I'd love okay. to talk about that. <laughs> oh, okay. So, <laughs> um, so obviously the claws are really important in an animal. It's basically their fucking hand, um, especially animals that have retractable claws because the claw is like retracting into their hand. Like it's like their whole first knuckle of their hand. So when you are declawing an animal, even a domestic cat, all the way up to a big cat, you're removing almost like half of a toe, right? Or is it do they yeah, say the it's whole like, toe? I think it's no, half no, it's a toe. like it's like half a toe. It's like the first digit of your finger. Yeah. Is what they always equate it to. Yeah. So that can cause balance issues. Um obviously hunting issues if it's mm-hmm. in a wild animal. Um mm-hmm. And then we were seeing increases in, like, arthritis and stuff, too. So we had a female lion who had declawed, had been declawed, um, and she was not a free contact animal by any means. She was a lion. Um, Mm -hmm. But she would stick her feet under the fence, and then we could, like, give her foot massages. (laughs) It was really cute, but awful, because her feet had been basically... Mutilated. Mutilated. Um, And I think it is illegal in some places... In the United States to now declaw Big Cat, I think, but it's like a state-by-state thing. It's not, like, federally regulated. Right. Which is also um, owning of exotic animals and big cats is not federally regulated. It is in the sense right. that, like, you can't – sometimes you can't cross, like, state lines with them. But once they're in the state, then it's like, yeah, you can sell that lion on Craigslist. Like, go fuck yourself. Um so, yeah, where I was, we had a lot of issues with people who had them in their backyards. It was awful. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons that they are declawed a lot, right? It's, like, to become in, or, like, to be in a pet situation. Like, yes, exactly. They're, like, declawed and defanged and, like, stuff like that, which yes. is all horrible, horrible stuff. Oh, and uh, then, yeah. So then I was, like, I had a point and I stopped making it <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> but, Excellent. <laughs> um, yeah, so it is illegal, but that just leads people to go to less reputable veterinarians, and it's causing yes. even more issues because they're not even doing the process properly. So you're seeing think, animals who can't even walk properly anymore. Yes, and I, I think I was, I think I saw something like it's not just because if you think about it, it's like if you were to remove like half your toe and then try to walk, like obviously you would have balance issues, and obviously you can see how it would lead to arthritis later. Yeah, but because like. The feet are such an important part of, like, your body structure and the way that you distribute your weight. Um, They saw a lot of issues with, like, spine and, um, like, spinal mobility as well. So it kind of affected the entire body in that regard. I believe it. And then, like, cats, you know, are, like, terrible at showing people pain. Like, they always try to hide it. And so I think that kind of plays into it as well, especially in the case of domestic cats. Like, if you have a declawed cat and you start to notice like, later in life that they're showing signs of, like, limited mobility or arthritis or, like, you know, painful movement or whatever, it's a lot of times a lot worse than it is, actually, because they, like, hide it so well. So, like, they've probably been dealing with it for a while. And they can, like, affect their appetite. It can affect how, like, their organs work. It can affect their mobility. Like, it can affect their day-to-day health. Like, it has huge implications. So just avoid it if you can. Yeah, chronic pain can affect you in, like, a ton of ways. Yes. Um, obviously, that was not as well known, I guess, several years ago. So people probably still have domestic yes. cats to this day that, like, I mean, we declawed our cat when I was a kid. Um, yeah. And then once I was a teenager, we got another cat and we were like, oh, no, oh my God, we would never do that. Um, yeah. So it just seems like it's kind of changed over a little bit. 
Well, and the um, idea, too, that, like, if you declaw a lion and you defang a lion that it's no longer dangerous is, like, absolutely absurd. Because yes. it can still kill you, it just not as, eff- the like, efficiently. It can smack the you. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Like, it's still going to kill you, but just it's going to be a little bit more drawn out. Well, yeah. And just think about, like, if you're maiming an animal so you can keep it, like, what are you... What are you actually doing? Like, why are you... Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, ethically, it's very messed up. Yeah, like, can you just maim yourself instead? Thanks. Yeah, so that's kind of like... Those are just some main facts. (laughs) And some other things... Some main facts? (laughs) Other things uh, thrown in. So, yeah, the mains are pretty cool. Um... But yeah, those females who like are growing in manes, they have like partial ones. Like they're not going to look exactly like a male. You would still be able to be like, that one looks weird. Um, mm-hmm. And it would be because it's like sp- spotted and not fully grown in. Baby looked like she had a mullet, really, is what she looked like. Well, and in this article too, they said that the females frequently were observed like mounting other females. Yeah. Which is like a sign of like dominance too. And they think that like it could potentially be linked to the higher androgen that's causing the growth of the mane. Um, so like higher like, androgen levels leading to more, like, mounting behavior, yes, too. Yes, yes, so, yes. Because so that's the female hormone. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and then just for the sake of just saying this, because I hate everyone on the internet, um, so white lions exist. That is a... Uh! <laughs> that is a color morph. That is not a subspecies. That is not a species of lion. That is a color morph. So it is a genetic condition called leucism. Um, it is not albinism because they still have pigment in their skin and they still have pigment in their eyes. Um, so it's just a partial loss of pigmentation, leucism. It has been seen in the wild, um, but it is, like, uh, bred for in some cases in, like, those shitty places. And they're like, it's a species and it's endangered. No, it's fucking not. <laughs> Does it make yeah. any fucking sense, you donk? Um, does it make, it doesn't, it's not something we need to, like, preserve and protect because no. it's not an actual species. Yeah. It is, like, something that has been exploited by people who are looking to take your money and don't actually care about the animals that they're caring for. Yeah, they don't care for Or not caring for. Because um, a lot of times, too, because it's, like, usually those things are obviously, like, on recessive genes. Yes. Then, um... You can't have any dominant genes in there at all. So if you have if you have one, then you just like breed them together because it's recessive, recessive, recessive. So a lot of inbreeding goes into that too. So you're not only breeding um, like just a show piece, just like a little trinket, but you're also probably inbreeding and not really helping anybody at all. And you're making a sick animal. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, stop. Also. I have seen photos of melanistic lions, which are all black lions, and those are Photoshop, and someone just colored it in. So that doesn't <laughs> exist. So please yeah. stop believing everything you see on the internet. It makes me want to die. Yeah, t- take, like, one critical eye to things. <laughs> just, like, one. Just one of your eyes. The one other day, one can be normal. One day it was, like, literally on the front page of Reddit. It was just, like, this all-black lion that you could even see, like, the grass around him was also black, where someone had just, like done the fucking fill tool oh my god okay um so speaking of subspecies this gets confusing and i still don't understand it and then i gave up so um from 2008 to 2016 the iucn red list had a couple different two um different subspecies of lions they had the panthera leo leo which was the african lion and the panthera leo persica which was the asiatic lion which are found in a different place and then in 2017 this is so goddamn specific. The Cat Classification Task Force of the Cat Specialist Group revised the taxonomy. 
And I feel like they should know what they're talking about because that's like the nichest niche. Hi, I'm in the cat classification task force of the cat specialist group. Uh, okay, I guess you have entrance to any restaurant and bar you ever want. Are you a cat? <laughs> I feel like you have to be a cat to be in there. Yeah, right? Are you just like five cats stacked in each other in a trench coat? Because I, f- I think you are. Because I feel like you are. <laughs> um, yeah, they fucked it up, and now I'm confused. So okay. now there's only two species. Okay, there's two, I'm sorry, two subspecies of lion. It's the same. However... Panthera leo leo is the Asiatic lion, the barberry lion, and lions found in West and North Central Africa. So, like, Central, North, Central, West. And okay. then the Panthera leo melanchida is the Cape lion, which is extinct. And then the East and South African lions. So, they are a southern, quote, subspecies. So, the, like, Northern African and the Asiatic are now in the same... Yes. So they found wow. that this, the Asiatic lions, which are found in Western India, are, even though they're a distinct subpopulation, obviously, yeah. like, excommunicated. Bit of a land barrier. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like, they're not going to just fucking breed. And, like, so their subpopulation is probably endangered, but they are still genetically the same or similar to... The ones in Central Africa. That's so interesting because, like, they definitely look different. I know. That's why I don't under fucking. I don't get it. And then I, I looked for like, and then I, I just gave up. So I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Because yeah, they look different and mm-hmm. all the shit. But I guess it's just like, I mean, my cat looks different than your cat, but it's a goddamn domestic short hair. You know. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> There's a bit of a uh, land barrier in place there too. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that hurts my brain, but I, if I'm going to take anyone's word for it, it's the, the cat classification task force. Yeah. God, they sound like they know what they're talking about. Like, they're a task a force. Question? I, I mean, wish I was part of a task force. That sounds so I know, legit. I know. I feel like they could also kill me. I think that's also probably like, maybe like a sub classification of things that they do, but like the main thing is classifying cats. on a side note i just pulled out a six inch long piece of hay out of my hair (laughs) oh my god where was it hiding (laughs) your hair hides all your secrets and all my hay so habitat wise uh the asiatic lion is in western india but in general they are native to kind of grassy plains and savannas that you see pictures of them in all the time I feel like they're, like, well-documented. Like, I think everyone, if they haven't seen a lion in person at, like, a zoo, they've definitely seen them on TV. Yeah, the Lion King. Come on. Uh, but they are absent from... <laughs> That's not what I meant. <laughs> from... But, yeah. <laughs> they are absent from rainforests or any kind of forest or any kind of jungle. So um, the king of the jungle thing is confusing because in India they called tigers lions in their native language. And yeah, then, man. Blah, blah, you guys, come on. like... As the general public, you had one job, and that was just to, like, I don't know, just not mess up the, like, basics. And, like, King of the Jungle is something we get so much. I know. Like, everyone thinks that. And it's like, oh, man, come on. Like, why? Who? Who was the first person that was like, I'm going to mess up someone's day? And they just, like, came up with this <laughs> phrase, this catchphrase that now is everywhere. It's, like, permeated throughout culture. And, like... I feel bad for all of the lion keepers out there because they're constantly just like, uh, uh, no, that's not the case. They, they live in grasslands, even, <laughs> not even, even a, jungle. a jungle. No. So that sucks. 
But they do live on savanna grasslands with those, like, acacia trees. So that, like, just typical African tree that you're picturing right now in your brain, that's an acacia tree. And they hang out and sleep under those all the time. They fucking love them. That's a dream. Um, and then just, I also, just a note for the for those out there who are obnoxious. Um, <laughs> me. <laughs> so, tigers and lions. say me. <laughs> no, you're not. You're not. This is other obnoxious. This is dumb obnoxious. You're just smart obnoxious. Okay, so. Oh, hell yeah. Um, tigers and lions do not share any native range. So there's no place in the wild where tigers and lions meet. So there are no natural hybrid hybridizations or breeding between tigers and lions. So all yep. of those ligers and tigons that you see on TV are human caused. They're them putting those animals together in an unnatural setting and creating an animal that otherwise would not exist. So they have a lot of genetic defects. They grow excessively. They have health issues. I've worked with both a liger and a tigon, and both of them were severely fucked up, and it sucked. And they didn't yeah, have to be alive, so tragic. but somebody made them that way. So that's and the not idea a that people are either. like, yeah, and the idea that people are like breeding those for like cubs and like liligers and like all that stuff is so messed up. It's literally like, oh it's just like so much animal cruelty i can't even wrap my head around it yeah and it's, it's so weird like playing sad God, and frustrating playing darwin bullshit that people well, and if you think about it think it's cool if you think about it too like because they would never naturally meet the idea of them meeting in like a human overrun situation means that like the birth of whatever ligers or tigons that you see probably came at the cost of like so many individuals that died during that process yeah. because those animals if they meet each other like aren't gonna be interested in being anywhere near each other no so like to put them in like a breeding scenario means that like how many lives were cost in order to get that cub that's like kind of an abomination yeah <laughs> it sucks and how many other like yeah just like normal lion and tiger cubs were like forced together yep and, like, living these weird artificial lives. Uh, it's literally, like, one of the most tragic things in the entire world. And yet, people still, like, pay to take pictures with them and, like, hold yeah. one and, like, hang out with, like, a fully sedated, like, adult one. And, yeah. Like, it's cool because they were raised with humans. No, it's not. And there's a lot of different health defects um, in those as well. Like I said, I'm not, I didn't, like, look too much into it, so... <laughs> But, um, like, ligers grow excessively because, like, one of the genders carries the gene that, like, stops the growing. I don't know. Anyway, they get really big and they get fucked up and they're not even made right. And I think, like, over, I don't know, I'm not even going to make up a number. But I don't think, I think they're sterile. At least all of them are sterile or one of them is sterile. So, um, yeah, you can't even get more from them. You got to, like, breed more from the start. And, oh, it's just a mess and it's not natural. And it's fucked up, and it's just people being fucked up. That's a fucked up thing to do. Force two just, animals uh, together. Yeah. People being fucked up for the sake of money. For money and fame. Okay. Uh, so anyway, that doesn't happen. That doesn't exist. Everyone sucks. Uh, okay. So behavior. What is the natural behavior of a Leon? It is resting and napping. <laughs> yeah, dude. Seriously. Every time you go to the zoo and you're like, they're not doing anything. Yeah, they are. They're being a lion. <laughs> yeah. So they um, are inactive for, on average, 20 hours a day. Duh, it's a freaking cat. Have you met a cat? That's what cats do. Yeah. Just to uh, explain to everybody, there are 24 hours in a day. So oh, tw- hell yeah. So <laughs> 20 of them, 
they're spent doing nothing. So they do something for four hours. <laughs> yeah. Talk about goals. Okay, so. Dude, seriously. Activity does seem to peak around dawn and dusk. They have really excellent night vision, so um, they do love hanging out in the creepy crawly time. And oh, sorry, really quick. Yeah. I, um, like several years back at one of the other zoos we worked at, I was doing a mountain lion talk, and for that I had to, like, obviously learn a bunch of stuff about mountain lions, which are dope. But one thing that I learned that, like, big cats have is they have that, like, shiny part of their eye. You've all seen it, right? Yeah. Like, if you look at your cat at home or whatever, and, like, you see them, like, running around like a lunatic in the dark, and then they look at you, and they're all, like, shiny-eyed. Demons, (laughs) yes. Um, That's for a very specific purpose, and that's um, due to a structure in their eye known as the tapetum lucidum. Uh, and it's basically just like a reflective surface, and it helps them see in the dark. So, anyways, that's it. I just wanted to interject really quick because I learned that, and it was super interesting, and maybe you've learned it too. Now we all have learned it. Yay! And I think uh, lion pupils are like five times the size of ours. I mean, obviously their eye is also bigger, but... No, I have the exact same size as lion eyes. <laughs> Pupil is fucking monstrous. Um, Come at me, bro. So yeah, I'll so see the- you from a mile away. <laughs> so they kind of hang out um, dusk, and then they just like intermittently will do shit at night until dawn, and that's when they're most actively going to hunt. Um, on average, they spend about two hours a day walking and about fifty minutes eating a day, just on average. God, so that so fluctuates. good. So group organization. Let's talk about prides. Yes! They are the most social of all the wild cat species. They're these only only big cats that hang out with, like, fucking 20 other big cats. So Um, cool. They live in these obvious prides, which are related individuals with their offspring. Um, And just like our cheetah episode, if you listened, if there's a group of males, that is called a coalition. So that's the same in cheetahs as it is in leons. So, um, as far as a pride goes, the females are actually the stable kind of social unit of the pride, and they are the ones that are intolerant of outside females. They're going to be like, gonna kill you if you even look at me. Yeah, so, they're the one, like, like maintaining the social status. Yeah. yeah, they're that main bitch. So, membership only changes in a pride if there's births and deaths of lionesses, um, or if a lion chooses to go nomadic, which does happen. Um, On average, prides can be around 15 lions, but there have been prides upwards of 30. Okay. Um, And then that includes several adult females, up to maybe four males, and then cubs of all ages and sexes. Okay. And then... Some prides are very weird. <laughs> so the Savo yeah. Lion Pride, um, they are very different. They always just have one male. And when a male cub is around two years old, they are excluded and kicked out and then are sent on their way to be nomadic and find their own pride. So okay. that's kind of just like a weird situation. Um, but nomads, okay, so nomads can be pairs. So they could be like a little coalition or they can just be alone. Um, if there's blah 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 oh uh they can switch back and forth so like you can be in a pride and be like i'm just gonna like make my own way and then you just leave and then you're like oh wait i want to be back in a pride and you just join another one and then you're like wait i want to be by myself (laughs) so they can they can switch it up um 
if a pride meets a nomad, they tend to be hostile with each other. So um, you are at greater risk, obviously, when you're kind of hanging out by yourself. Uh, but females who are in estrus are kind of just like, yeah. So like if you're a male and you're a nomad, you're like, you're fine. She'll welcome you with open arms as much as okay. she would a male in her own pride. Um, and then males typically do spend years by themselves and um, as nomads until they gain residence in a pride. And typically when they're kind of kicked out of their pride or they decide to go nomadic, they will move long distances. So they will move up to like 16 miles away to form their own pride. Whereas females tend to stay closer. So if they are nomadic, then they might just move like a couple miles over to another pride. So you can kind of see like more genetically like related females in a smaller area. Whereas like the males would then be very genetically different, which is kind of... okay weird but that's how they keep from being like too wicked and bred <laughs> all the time <laughs> yeah dude that makes sense uh so if you are in a pride your territory is called your pride area if you are a nomad it is called your range if you're in a pride and you're a male you're typically gonna hang out around the fringes of your whole area and just patrol it for any nomads who are coming coming around um and yeah, so they kind of have jobs, the lions, and they kind of stick with their jobs. So there's obviously the lionesses who hunt. That's like a very well-known thing. Um, the females are very, very social with each other, and they do these coordinated hunting attacks, um, which makes them more successful as far as predation. But there are also some roles that are, aren't related to hunting. So there's some females who choose just to raise cubs, and those... Females will stick with the role that they choose and able to hone their skills, and they're just going to do that one thing. So if you're a hunter, you're always a hunter. If you're just a mom, then you're always just a mom. Um, oh, not just a mom. <laughs> well, I said if you're just a hunter, you're just a hunter. Yeah, well, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are okay. equal. Those are okay, equal yeah. and important. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but actually, the health of the hunter is the most important role because they are providing food for the pride. So they yeah. actually eat first um, before everyone. So cubs are the lowest. They eat last. So um, that sucks. Uh, and then, okay, so females are awesome hunters and they're really great at that. Oh, and I was also going to say too. So females also have, like, if you're a hunter, you also have your own, like, position. So, like, you're always left flank or, like, you're always, like, the jumper and runner. Like, they literally, like, hone this one skill, and then they're just like, I kick ass at being on the left side when we're hunting shit. So, like, I'm always going to be on that so one side. That's so badass, though. Like, yeah. I love that. I'm totally behind that. Yes. So, they're, like, experts at their thing, which is awesome. Um, and then males, even though they're not typically seen hunting, they are successful hunters. They've, they did, like, a study, and, like, the, like, 90% of the time, they get what they're going for. So, they're really good hunters. They just don't do it as much. Um. But what they're awesome at is defenders, and they're better defenders than females because they do have that, like, giant mane that's helping them fight and protecting their neck. So um, they will defend the whole pride, whereas females will also do it, but they just might die. <laughs> um, oh. And then again, just, like, weird lion stuff. So the Asiatic lion pride is totally different, the whole structure. Males are completely solitary but they may hang out with other males so not completely but they don't hang out with females they only go with females to breed and then they go their separate ways again so females will make like their own little all-female pride of up to 12 females 
and they will share food and hunt together and raise the kids together and do all of that stuff and only associate with males when they are hunting. Which oh. I guess is more on brand with me. Um, yeah, and that then, makes sense. <laughs> and to um, literally just lost my train of thought because that's reproduction. Okay, so diet. So obviously the lion is both an apex predator and a keystone species. So apex predator meaning that they're the alpha predator in their environment. They really don't have a natural predator. Um, yeah. And they're a keystone species as well, which means that they have a really, really large effect on the environment around them. And that's okay. mainly due to dietary reasons because of the shit they eat. They're keeping shit under control by just devouring it. So they are what's referred to as a hypercarnivore, meaning that their diet is more than 70% of meat. Mm-hmm. And they are feeding on mostly ungulates like wildebeest, zebra, gamesbach, buffalo, and giraffe. They tend to avoid adult elephants, adult rhinos, and adult hippos. Because they're <laughs> <'Cause, duh. laughs> fucking huge. And then they also will avoid dictics, hyrax, and vervet monkeys, which are too small to fuck fucking be worth it um yeah. on occasion they will hunt warhog but that's just depending on availability and they mm-hmm. have will or and they will go out of their way to murder leopards cheetahs and spotted hyenas but they seldom consume them mm, so they're just like spite. i'm just gonna kill you out of spite and i don't even want to eat your gross dead body i feel like the difference between hunting a vervet monkey and hunting an elephant is like the difference between hunting a churro and hunting the golden corral <laughs> <laughs> That's accurate. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. Uh, and then just an interesting, though, of course, we say, like, they seldom do this. They, like, always do this. So in October of 2005 in Botswana and their national park, a pride of 30 lions killed and consumed eight elephants. Okay. Uh, over, like, oh, I didn't write it down. I think it was over, like, a couple months. Oh, oh no. I think it was, well, I think it was just in October, actually. Sorry. Um. They killed and consumed eight African bush elephants between the ages of four and 11 years old. So, like, big elephants. Dang. So they just went on this, like, elephant kick and were like, fuck yeah, let's do that. God, you got a taste for it, huh? Yeah. And You know what, though? Experts always say you have to satiate those cravings. Otherwise, you're just going to binge it later. Well, I have, like, an addictive personality, so I just like to think they do as well. Like, they were just like, yeah, oh, I'm just so true. I made this one dinner, and that's all I'm going to eat now forever. <laughs> Hell yeah, I love fajitas. Give me those every day. <laughs> so, um, as a prey-predator relationship, an elephant and a hyena have the highest prey-predator weight ratio out of any known terrestrial mammal. So that's pretty impressive. Yeah. Um, Say so. And they learn to hunt and eat things at a very, very young age. So they start play-stalking at around three months of age. They start actively participating in real hunts at one year old, and they actually get good at it at about two years of age. Okay. Um, They are ambush hunters, so they're not known for their stamina. They can go very, very quickly at very short um, bursts. They're not very agile. They can't turn on a dime or anything like that. So they're much better as ambush predators. Of course, they can blend into the savanna pretty nicely. Um, And... They really rely on, like, not being seen, obviously, ambush predators, um, and getting as close as possible before they kind of leap. So um, there are, of course, like, human-animal conflict issues with lions and farmers and all those things because they will kill livestock. But farmers have found that, like, being spotted is something that they do not like. And then, like, if you're spotted, like, the secret's out. 
you're, it's kind of ruined. So they've started painting eyes on all their cows' butts. <laughs> oh, and like amazing. Have, yeah, and I guess they found that it's decreased lion attacks on their cattle because the lion thinks it's been seen. Oh, okay. That, I guess that makes sense. Yeah, whatever works. Um, so the way that they kill, like I mentioned earlier, is by strangulation. So they either lock their jaws around their neck, or they can also just put the entire face in their mouth and enclose the mouth and nostrils in their mouth. Um, and then they do typically eat at the kill site. Of course, there's an entire pride, so um, you can really easily protect your own kill. They sometimes might drag it away like into the shade or something, um, uh-huh. but most of the time they're just going to eat it right there because they are the apex predator. They don't really have to worry about too terribly much. So an adult female can eat about 11, or I guess what it said was like they need to eat about 11 pounds a day, um, whereas okay. a male would need about 15 pounds a day. And uh, they can eat up to 66 pounds in one ses- in one sitting. Um, Badass. So if they do have food, they're not going to let it go to waste. They're going to eat as much as they can and then nap it off and then start eating more. Um, God, I love that. <laughs> yeah, and they will kind of take turns, everyone. Of course, those hunters are going to eat first. Um, they will scavenge if the opportunity arises. So they might take a kill um, from somebody else or they... Like, if something just drops dead in front of them, like, they're going to eat it. <laughs> so a yeah. lot of, um, I don't think it was, like, a significant proportion of their diet was from scavenging, but there was a lot of instances of lions scavenging. Um, okay. And they do get into a lot of conflicts with hyenas because the things that they're eating are shared pretty highly. So their dietary overlap is 58%. <laughs> so, oh, wow. like, half the time they're going after, like, the same shit. Um Yeah. So they kind of have mad beef with hyenas. There's been, like, there was, like, 17 anecdotes of different, like, national parks and, like, the lions kicking the hyenas' ass at this park, whereas this park, the hyenas were more dominant, like, back and forth and back and forth. So it just kind of depends on where they are, but they have mad beef with each other. They will even attack each other on site, even if there's, like, no food or anything around. They'll just be like, you want a fucking brawl? Okay, (laughs) like, let's go. And then they, yeah, West Side Story over here. Yeah, they'll just, like, attack each other. Um, you know what, though? I get it. If I, like, go through the Taco Bell drive-thru and the car in front of me ordered the last quesadilla, I'm about to fight. <laughs> yeah, they're an enemy for life. Yeah. And then they did an experiment on hyenas and human care, I guess. They would show, like, I don't, I didn't read the study, so I don't know how they did this. But they said visually there was no reaction to a hyena that was in human care that, like, hadn't seen a lion before, right? Like, I looked at it, and it was like, sure. fine, whatever. But there were fear responses to the scent of a lion. Oh, interesting. So just, like, inherently they knew, like, that musky smell is, like, bad news bears. Which, by the way, lions have a <laughs> very musky smell. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've ever been around a lion, you know. If you, like scratch a lion or like scratch their mane or like scratch their body you get like a film on your hands they yeah they so stink greasy they're the greasiest motherfuckers ever um i have only touched lions through fences i would never go in with a lion no thank you um oh yeah they also have mad beef with other stuff so of course there's other animals living out there as well um they will kill cheetahs and cubs like i said they're gonna kill stuff and just leave it so they have the chance they're just gonna take out some of the competition and they have been known mm-hmm. to kill crocodiles who have come on land. And, of course, crocodiles have been known to kill lions who go in the water. So they have found lion claws in the bellies of, of uh, crocodiles. So God damn. Yeah. Okay. So reproduction-wise, 
How does it? How does it happen? Well, they they, they just, just get down and dirty. They just get down and dirty. They just bone down, and then it happens. So, um, like other cats, lions do have penile spines. So they do have keratinized spines on the outside of their penis, so that when they withdraw their penis, it rakes the inside of the female's vagina, which no, is supposed to stimulate ovulation. So if you've ever seen videos, the female is sometimes baring her teeth and seems overly uncomfortable. And it might be due to the fact that there are penile spines inside of her. <laughs> yeah, probably for good reason. Yeah. Uh, the gestation is around 110 days. They can have one to four lion cubs. They are worthless at birth. They're blind and they can't move. <laughs> and they're just a fart. Um, yeah. They do open their eyes around seven days. Um, little potatoes. Yeah, at birth they're like, f- like two and a half to four and a half pounds. Like they're teeny tiny. Um, the mothers, whenever they give birth, they will kind of go off on their own and will mm-hmm. do it safely away from the pride. Um, and then will kind of reintroduce the cubs and herself to the pride um, after about eight weeks. So during cool. this process, during like the eight weeks, she will move the cubs around like maybe like one or two times just so the smell doesn't build up in one area of her with her cubs. Um because she's still having to go off on her own to eat. And um, yeah. that's why they are covered in those little spots so they can kind of blend in. It breaks up their, like, visual pattern and they can blend into shit. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they do also, like, sync up with the other females of the pride because it's super helpful if everybody has babies at the same time. And then those moms who are always moms um, will kind of nurse whoever. So if everybody's lactating, then the cubs don't give a shit. So everybody's kind of helping out and will communally raise the cubs. So that increases the rate that your cubs will kind of make it because there's plenty to go around and they're together. That's so badass. And the whole pride is invested in, like, watching them. So um, it definitely behooves them to kind of all be um, having babies at once. Yeah. So they are weaned at around six to seven months old. They're mature at three years. Like a four to five year old male is ready to like make his own pride, basically. Um, and they're considered kind of elderly at around 10 to 15 years of age. Checks out. Kind of like a domestic cat. Yeah. What about, uh, I know this is like a grim topic, but what about infanticide? I literally, that's my next bullet. Oh my gosh, yeah, because there's always that video. If you guys have ever been in like an animal behavior course or anything, you've probably seen it. It's terrible, but it's like all about infanticide, and they always show this like one lion video. Ugh. Awful. I don't know that one. It's the pits. Yeah. Um, But I was just going to say too, so females um, go through estrus, and when they're kind of in heat, then they can breed with males up to 100 times a day because it's like... I think 17 seconds per session or something. And oh, they will geez. they will breed with multiple males as well. So let's say you're a four to five year old male and you go displace and fight the male of another pride and take over his pride and his females all have cubs. Well, none of them are in estrus because they just had babies and they're nursing them and they don't want anything to do with you. And those aren't your babies. So you just kill them all. Yeah. So it helps, number one, because now they're, like, you're not feeding and protecting not your own genetic line. And two, the females will now go back into cycle, which before it would have been months before they would cycle again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, bummer. So up to 80%, up to 80% of lion cubs die before they're two years of age. Yeah, that's a lot. Um, if maybe the... Um, 
Oh, yeah, and if there is, like, a new male and he comes in, he won't necessarily kill, like, the adolescents, like, the little teenagers, but he'll kick them out. <laughs> it's like, you gotta go. Yeah. You yeah. gotta go. I'm not gonna kill you, but you can't stay here. Um, and yeah. then if the pride is too large, then the youngest generation of female cubs is usually the first to be ousted. So there is Ugh. still, like, movement around in these prides, like, quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and... I just wrote down homosexuals because homosexuality has been seen. Um, they've seen them like tr- breeding each other and females like pretending to breed each other and just all kinds. Yes. Hey, uh, world, wake up. Animals are gay too. Everyone is gay. Just get over it. If you're listening to it this, happens. you're gay. <laughs> you're gay. We're all gay. Animals are gay. Everyone's gay. Like, just get over it. It's not the big a deal. If a lion can do it, so can I. Literally everyone. Everyone is gay. Everyone. Communication. So communication is important. Duh. It sure it's is. <laughs> the first construct of society. Uh, yeah, so they do a lot of posturing. Um, when you're, they're in a pride together, you'll see them. They do that head bump thing that's, like, so cute. And, like, even domestic cats uh. do that. They just do that, like... They just fucking just, like, bash their head into somebody else's, and it's so cute. Um, mm-hmm. So that's, like, a form of greeting, so you'll see that a lot. And then they do a lot of social licking as well, which is, so it's a bonding behavior, because um, everybody closer together, and also serves a great purpose, because you can't lick the own back of your neck, but your friend can, so um, a lot of social licking and cleaning up things and licking wounds and all that sort of stuff. Uh, they cannot purr. If you listen to Cheetah, we talked about how cheetahs can purr because they are considered a small cat. Yeah. Lions can definitely roar. I'm sure you've heard it, which means that they cannot purr. But they can make a couple other different mews and meows and vocalizations. Um, but the roar, of course, is the most famous. And that's basically just the males and females can also roar, um, advertising their presence. So it's saying, like, hey, I'm here. This is my territory. If you can hear me, fuck off. Um, because mm-hmm. it can go up to five miles unobstructed kind of on the savannah. Hell yeah, dude. And, like, I uh, kind of live really close to my zoo that I work at, and we have lions there, and I can definitely hear them at, like, dusk yeah. every day. Yeah. They're, like, caroling. It's amazing. So yeah. you can hear it. It's so cool. So, yeah, the cat rescue I was at, we had over 237 big cats, and, like, maybe half of them were tigers, because there's so many goddamn tigers in the world. Um, yeah. But... The other portion, majority, was lions. And so our lions, if one started caroling, then they all started caroling. And it was just the most amazing thing. And if anybody yeah. drove up in, like, a Harley – it had to be a Harley Davidson. I don't know why. They have, like, a very, <laughs> like, guttural motorcycle noise. If they revved their Harley Davidson, then it would get the entire facility going. Like, it was incredible. Like, so many fucking lions just, like, roaring That's so cool. in your face. I remember being in, like, the Lion Night House. Yes. One, the places you and I worked. And it was, like – deafening yes like it, it was is. amazing but it was deafening because like, you would just stand there and be like oh, oh. that's really good actually that's really good thank you that's my illness but they literally like they throw out their lower lip and i love when they do it like at dawn and you just like see yes. like their breath coming out uh they're so yes. cool yeah see what i'm saying they're my fave man they're so cool they are really cool i have like lion hair and a baggie in my closet dude same <laughs> Like like uh like claw sheaths and stuff yes. and whiskers. Hey, I'm picking yeah. up shit and I see a little clump of hair. Or if I'm like scratching you from the outside and your hair falls out, I'm keeping it. <laughs> I'm a I'm a pocket that. I'm We're just, just not gonna speak about it. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep that. 
Um, okay, so IUCN red list. Kind of weird because what the fuck with the Asiatic? Yeah. So the Asiatic subpopulation is endangered, but overall as a species, the lion is listed as vulnerable. Um, their biggest issues are human interference and hunting and poaching, habitat yeah. loss, and just human conflict as well with farmers and living in areas very close to people. Um, in zoos, they are obviously very common. I think there might be a handful of zoos in the United States that don't have one. Like ACA But God, zoos. if you if you freaking don't have one though, God, the people will tell you. They will. Where are the lions? Why don't you have lions? Here's what you do. You point them to the tigers and you're like, there they are. <laughs> and then they're like, oh, oh those oh, are the thanks. females. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they don't fucking know. Um so yeah, really, really common. So if you haven't seen a lion, go do so. Go like early in the morning <laughs> and hear them caroling. It's amazing. Um Yeah, and don't get all pissy at us when in the middle of the day or in the afternoon, they're napping because that's what they do. Yeah, for 20 hours, my dude. Um, Literally, if you want to see them move, go to the morning. Yeah. Or go if they do, like, a live naturalistic feeding. Or, like, a nighttime event. baller. Hell yeah. And then they watch you at night. It's scary. Oh, yeah, they, like, size up your children. So they're thinking about eating you. Eating you. Mm-hmm. So in human care, like I said, there's a bajillion of them. Um, through AZA, the Association of Zoos and Aquariums, there is an SSP for lions, which is the Species Survival Plan. But this tricky, hinky thing with lions is that Barbary lions were super popular, and everybody took all these Barbary lions, and then they got lions from this place and this place and this place. So 77% of the lions which are registered to ISIS, which is not ISIS uh, any longer, it is now... Uh, what is it? Species 360 or some stupid shit? Yeah, I think so. God. They had to change it. ISIS was such a better name. Uh, so 77% of lions in human care are of unknown origin. So we don't even know what their subspecies status is, which does make it really hard because then we don't have like pure lines to help out wild populations if we need to. So um, yeah. incredibly difficult. Um, but in the end, at least we have some lions because what the fuck? I think that's something people don't realize a lot, is they're like, oh, there are so many lions. Like, they see them, like, all over in, like, public opportunities and in zoos and stuff like that and, like, in in rescue centers like the one that you worked at. But I think that's the exact reason why is, like, their knowledge stops short. It's like, they, they see lions and then be like, oh, lions are doing okay. And I think, unfortunately, that's one of the, like, downsides to having – I mean, there are so many downsides, but one of them to having those, like – like messed up cub encounters is people see them and they're like oh they're good like if they're enough for me to like hold one then they're probably doing okay and it like just waters down the actual issue that they're not doing okay and the majority of those that you see can't actually contribute to the population because we can't do so like responsibly right um which sucks like it's like it's one of those things that like once you pull back the veil a little bit you're like oh shit this is way worse than i expected like Maybe I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Maybe I should kind of thing. chop my hands off. Yeah. Uh, That's what I think to myself every day. <laughs> but in human care, they do really well. So they can live um, a lot longer. They can live up to 20 years, which is double the life expectancy of those in the wild. Um, they definitely don't have 80% cub mortality rates either. The oldest, I think, was like 23 or something. I don't know. Oh, that, might, right. that might be different now so yeah i think there's more than a thousand lions in zoos and aquariums zoos and aquariums yep there is an aquarium well actually yeah there are some aquariums that have lions actually i think 
Like, every once in a while, they throw in a bunch of weird shit. Um, but yeah, human-animal conflict. So, um, I just wanted to talk about the one that I knew about, because I visited mm-hmm. Chicago one time. So, in the Chicago Field Museum, there are the Savo man-eating lions. They are preserved there at the Field Museum for everyone to see. And uh, they are the killer lions. So, they are these huge motherfucking <laughs> lions, larger than normal, and none of them had manes. And in 1898, they killed 28 rail- railroad workers over a nine-month period. Holy crap. So they say, you know, hum- uh, humans aren't, like, targeted by lions, typically. I mean, they do get eaten, people, especially, like, local people who are living in those areas, obviously, um, can get chowed down on, like, at night. They have people, um, if they're spending a lot of time outdoors, dawn and dusk, that's a bad place to be. But yeah, this was, like, outrageous. These killer lions, they, like, found out that railroad workers are super tasty and pretty defenseless. And so they just ate (laughs) 28 of them. 28 recorded. So there might have been more that, like, went missing, and they're just like, maybe that was a lion? I don't know. Ugh. Yeah, but those are at Chicago if you want to go visit them. All right, sounds good. Uh, I think that's all I had about lions. Lions are sick. I love other them. Than, um, I, I was I mean, other than lions in media. But yeah, they yes. um, they used to have a larger historical presence. Obviously, um, they were all over Asia and Europe and Africa, and now they're only in India and like spat blotchy places in Africa. Blah. Mm-hmm. So obviously, their numbers have been declining. They're declining pretty quickly. Um, I think if there's anything else that I wanted to say. I mean, I could talk about lions for, I don't know how long we've already been talking. Oh, yep, already an hour. Um, Because obviously they have, like, a really historical significance as well. They were famous in Egypt. There was a whole fucking city, uh, Leoptolis or whatever the fuck it was. I can't remember. It was an Assassin's Creed. (laughs) But (laughs) there's a whole city uh, dedicated to lions. Everybody loves lions. Gladiators killed lions. I mean, there's so much history that I could go Mm -hmm. on and on and on about that I'm not going to. Instead, we're going to talk about the Lion King and sports teams and how Aslan is Jesus and he's a lion. And there's the Cowardly Lion and the Wizard of Oz and the MGM Mm -hmm. Studios Lion that does that roar and Mm -hmm. Madagascar and the horoscopes, man. Huh? Well, horoscopes, too. Oh, yeah. Leo. Yeah. I'm a Leo. What's up? Uh oh. Now, now we hit, know when hit, you were born. Great. Hit me up. Hit me up. <laughs> uh, yeah. They. Uh, I mean, like everything you learned about lions, right? That makes sense with like the entire Lannister household, which is probably why George R. R. Martin chose them as the sigil. Right. But they're incredibly fierce. They're like a very proud group of people or people. They're a very gr- proud group of animals. Um, they're very social and they like are very tightly knit in their family groups. Right. Well, and the females are, like, pretty dominant. I mean, they're the hunters. Yes. Yeah. And they, like, they will, like, stop at nothing to, like, protect their family. And, yeah, Yeah, it's a lot. They'll kill out of spite. (laughs) Exactly. Like, a lot of that stuff falls in line. Um, No spoilers, no spoilers, no spoilers. (laughs) But, I mean, it checks out. Makes sense, right? Yeah. But, no, I agree. Like, lions are such, like, a huge cultural thing. Like, everyone has heard of a lion. Everyone has owned, like, a plush lion or something oh, at some yes. point. Oh, um, yes. And, yeah, I think there's something that people always crave to see at zoos. And I think 
I just think it's unfortunate that a lot of times they and a lot of other cats, because they because of their charismatic nature, are exploited to the extent that they are. Um, but hopefully, I mean, they're one of those things that, like, yes, lions need help conservation-wise, but they also, like, they also draw in the crowds and, like, bring people to animals that they maybe wouldn't necessarily normally see. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that's something that we always talk about because, like, you and I like an ambassador. work with... Exactly. Like, you and I work with, like, really charismatic animals and, like, lions definitely fall in that category. Like, everyone who comes to the zoo wants to see the lions at some point. But there's a big difference between, like, watching a show about lions at home on your TV and actually coming to the zoo to see them uh, because you're also getting exposed to all of the other, like, animals that you've never heard of or all the other animals that you, like, never even knew existed or, like, maybe you learned something about lions that you didn't learn from TV and, like, maybe you made some, like, really great connections. So they're definitely something I think that are, like, so prevalent in zoos but for a really good reason, too. Um, Not just for, like, their own survival but for the survival of all the overlooked animals as well. And they're so cute. They're so cute. They're so cute. They're just big doofuses. Yeah, I mean, so like killer doofus. doofuses. Yeah. But uh, I worked with, um, well, you did too, a female that had a little nubbin tail. She had an accident <laughs> when she was a cub. Yes. And so she just had this like little like six inch like nubbin. Just like stuck um, straight out of her body. Yes, and she was like, oh, she was such a strong-willed female. I loved her. Um, She was so sassy, and I remember it was, like, one of my first days. It was actually one of my first animal care internships, too, and my manager in that area was like, yeah, so why don't you go ahead and, like, check the locks in this area, like, getting us used to all those protocols and stuff, and so I go just, like, bumbling in to, like, Lion Nighthouse, and I start checking these locks, and, of course, Sarabi is, like, right there, and she just, like, jumps at the fence <laughs> and, like, roars at my face, and I peed my pants because it was, like, a wake-up call, but it was just amazing, too. Like, even though I was, like, scared out of my wits, I was like, oh, my God, you're beautiful. I love you so much. Yeah. <laughs> it was just so cool. My favorite lion of all time, her name is Kisa, and she's a speckly baby still, um, but she's short and she's like kind of fucked up because um, someone like bought her off the internet and then they fed her cat food because she was a cat. So she like didn't get it, all the stuff she needed when she was young, which like kind of stunted her growth a little bit. And then she also has ataxia, which may or may not be related to mm. the way that she was raised. So she is like a stumbly little girl. Like she can't really, um, no. like half the time she tries to jump on a platform, like she doesn't make it. Um, but she lives with a lion. Oh my God. She lives with a tiger. Um, and they're just, okay. like, the sweetest little duo. Um, I think they were – I think they both – I can't remember. Um, I think because th- they were both rescued as cubs, and so they, like, needed buddies, so we put them together at the facility. Um, yeah. Because we have a lot of lion and tiger groupings, like, especially from ex-circus groupings and stuff. So um, they put them together, and they're just, like, this – dynamic duo and like max of course is fucking huge because he's a tiger and then she's like short and like trippy everywhere but she is so dominant to him she kicks his ass and like whatever kisa wants kisa gets and sometimes she goes into turtle mode will she like be on her back for a long time and like can't really get up that well so she just like turtles out and she's just like laying on her belly and she's so speckly Ugh, i love her to death she's so cute Lions are the cutest. They, I love cats. I mean, duh. That's like the most obvious statement we've ever made. But 
I love them. They're so cute. Like, there's a reason people love them everywhere is because they're amazing. And, like, those stupid cubs, when they, like, scream at you, they're just like, yeah. Yeah. And they're, like, so sassy. Can't even handle it. Yeah. Makes my freaking eyes and heart explode. And, yeah, we had a (laughs) – we had some like uh we had this ex-circus group i think we just we had like a nickname for all the big groupings i think they were just the circus kid or no they were the munchkins duh um because they were born and raised in circus cages which are like those really small like you know like when you get a box of animal crackers that little fucking thing um so they were all like really really small and deformed like their legs didn't grow long enough because they just lived in these cages their whole life so they were the munchkins and it was like a big group of like i can't even remember now this this was like honestly i worked this place so long ago um like four or five like cats and big cats or fuck tigers and lions um and so they all lived together and like because they'd always lived together they're not going to separate them now and they spent half their lives together and um the tigers were such douchebags. <laughs> so we would, like, we fed out, like, whole cows and, like, briskets and, like, did our own butchering and all that stuff. So we'd put out, like, this whole just, like, rib cage of a cow. And the goddamn tigers would run in, grab it, and jump in the pool and just sit in the middle of the pool with it and eat it. <laughs> <laughs> just, assholes. such little assholes because they knew the lions wouldn't go in there. Um, lions are like, ah, oh, me, fuck. Yeah, so we had to make sure everybody got their fair share. But, yeah, we had a tigon and we had a liger. Um, they were both very fucked up, not right at all. We had a lot of declawed yeah. cats. We had a castrated male. Um, just so many cats, with so many health issues because they weren't properly taken care of, or they were inbred, or I don't even know. Like they, or they were morbidly obese. We had several that were morbidly yeah. obese, and it takes a long time to get them um, off of that. Um, we had some males, some male lions who had dreads. I love when they get dreads. Um, but yeah, they're awesome. They're definitely my favorite. Definitely my favorite big cat. So if um, if people like you love lions and they like want to help them out and they're their favorite animal, what can they do to help? Um, well, number one, don't go to Africa and shoot one in the face. That's a big one. I'd say avoid that at all costs. Right. Um. You can always donate and, like, visit your local zoo. That's going to help out. I didn't look up specifically any conservation organizations in Africa. Uh... I know of one. There's one called Lion Guardians that uh, teams up with the Maasai warriors in the area that used to hunt lions but are now – they've kind of flipped the script a little bit, and now they're, like, taking on the role of, like, protecting them. Nice. And so they – yeah, it's amazing. It's like a – a cultural shift right and they work really hard to like help protect the the lion populations which is great um so that's a really good one to donate to there are a bunch um in africa that work really hard like you said um uh, supporting your local zoo is really great i think in general too um just making sure that you're not supporting and uh uh continuing the exploitation of cats and human yes. care and, is a really big thing and that is not only like Obviously, like, I worked at a rescue center, and, like, I think it's a reputable place. That doesn't mean that all are reputable, and just because it's called a rescue center right. doesn't mean it is. Um, we were really lucky in that the guy that started our rescue center actually was a big cat owner, and he owned them in his home, and he was absolutely insane. Um, and then he people started dropping off big cats because they're like, hey, you know what you're doing. And then he was like, whoa, 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 actually, this is fucked up. Um, but he still is, like, a crazy man who owns, like, 300 <laughs> big cats in the middle of, like, the fucking woods. Um, 
so yeah just make sure like you're looking into things like that um at the place i worked we never allowed guests or anybody of course we're talking about interacting with them throughout the um like cages and or not cages but the meshing and all of that stuff um and that's because we like knew how to work around these animals and things like that so we never were putting them in situations where they were uncomfortable we were never in situations where um we were threatened but so all of those organizations make sure you're looking into them but another thing too is just all of the social media bullshit so like don't retweet and fucking upvote like that black tiger lion jaguar motherfucker i fucking hate that man Um, i know you do so all those instagram posts of people like hugging lions and shit like don't let that go viral that's one more person who sat down and saw that and was like yeah we live in fucking fuck ton texas let's go buy a lion like yeah it's not fucking helping i get they're cute but so is the fucking wild one and you know it's not cute the wild one that got shot in the fucking face so upvote that picture instead and maybe fucking do something about it yeah, I mean, I I think it just, I, we've talked about it before, it just lends the idea that it's okay to do that, and it's okay to own them, and it's just like, uh, it's so frustrating, and it's so prevalent across, like, the exotic pet trade, and it leads to so many issues, and, like, if you think about it, one moment of you, like, cuddling a lion cub, or, like, kissing a tiger cub, or, like, whatever, is that really worth, like, the pain and, like, torture that that animal and all of its, like, ancestors have gone through? No, it's not. Like, if you knew what was going on behind the scenes, you would probably feel a lot different. So, like, take it upon yourself to educate yourself. And understand that a lot of these places, like, especially if you're trying to figure out if, like, a place is reputable, sanctuary versus zoo versus roadside place versus whatever, like, a lot of those places, if they are legit, are extremely transparent about what they're doing. Mm -hmm. Um, They're not just going to be like, we're trying to promote the conservation of ligers, and so we, like, breed this species and then socialize them with people because that's what they need. Like, no, that's not what they need, and that's what leads to, like, so many places, like the rescue place that you worked, where, unfortunately, these cats had a really fucked up life, and now they're, like, in a situation where, yes, they're out of that, but... Their life is never going to be what it naturally should have been. They're never going to live a natural lion life or a tiger life or whatever. They are in a situation where the reason that you interact with them the way that you do is because that's how they were raised and you're doing what's best for them specifically. But the, the, the like, um, what am I trying to say? Like the, I guess the, the ideal situation is that they were never race like that to begin with right you know it's like you're doing what you can with what you've been given but but what you want to happen is for that to have never have happened so just like please keep a critical eye on those things don't just think that standing up to the sharing of that kind of picture or that kind of video or the the stopping of spreading it is not worth your time because it is worth your time and they're like they're animals lives on the line and it is worth your time like, I remember I got into a conversation with, like, I think my sister-in-law or something. I don't know. But anyway, she um, she had shared a video of, like, a macaque or something, like, putting on makeup. Wow. Um, obviously not. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I was like, wow, this is so cute. And obviously not, like, not anything to do with, with big cats or anything. But it's still part of that exotic pet train. That's still part of that mindset. It's so toxic. And I, like, had this, like, moment where I was like do I just let it go or do I say something? And I ended up being like, no, this is important to me. Like, and I ended up talking to her about it. And like, 
in a non-judgmental, non-accusatory way, was just like, hey, like, these are the reasons why this is so dangerous and, like, so negative for these animals. And she was like, oh, my God, I had no idea. I will, like, take it down right away and, like, never share it again. I'm like, great. Um, it just takes time having those conversations, but it's totally worth it. Yeah. And one more thing I was just thinking of when you were talking is, like, when you're looking at the website and you're looking at, like, verbiage and stuff, when they say they donate to conservation or they donate to efforts, oh, like, yeah. make sure it is specific. And if they're not specific, ask them. And if they can't come up with something, then they're bullshit because they yep. know who they're fucking donating money to. And they should be advertising those places because they should be wanting you to donate to them, too. Not them. So, yeah. Black Jaguar, you motherfucker, fucking hate that guy so much. Um, yeah. So, anyways. Totally. All it takes is, like, a little inquisition and that's like i guarantee that no zoo or like reputable rescue center or sanctuary if you ask them what conservation organization they donate to if it's listed on their website is going to be like oh we're not really going to like share that information they're going to be like it's these 10 please donate as well like no like there's always going to be transparency because they have their best interests at heart they're not just looking to make money yup oh anywho (laughs) So uh, that's the podcast. Thanks, guys, for joining us for this extra long episode about things you probably all knew about, because who doesn't know anything about lions? Um, oh, and thank you so much for being so understanding with my illness. I'm oh my sorry. God, yeah. We're both sorry that we missed last week's episode, but these things happen, and we appreciate you guys being so cool about it. Yeah. We're awful. Uh, <laughs> we're just terrible. Um, yeah. Thank you if you enjoyed it. Thank you if you didn't enjoy it. Please leave us a review on iTunes. Like I said, $5 go to conservation for every review we get. Um, maybe drop us an email or something because sometimes it takes weeks for them to come up. So that man could have written that hateful thing months ago. <laughs> it just got through. <laughs> Probably did. <laughs> uh, that, that is it. That's all I have. I Howdy. <laughs> bye. <laughs> howdy, bye. We'll smell y'all later. Is howdy like aloha? Like you can say it for both hello and goodbye? I don't goodbye? think so. Okay. I think that's, um, I think you would the against cowboy etiquette. Okay, so aloha. Oh, that was bye. Right. Bye. <laughs>